Uh, good morning or good evening, everyone. Welcome. This is our continuing series on Mandukya. Um, most of the uh, people in the room, I think, have been joining us for at least part or all of the sessions. So welcome again. We're working our way now through uh, Mantra 8. Uh, Bindo will lead us through uh, wherever we go today. <laughs> I'll... Um, I'll turn it over to Bindo and we can talk uh, after this. Om Namo Brahmadibhyo Brahmavidya Sampradaya Kartarbhyo Vamsarishibhyo Mahatyo Namo Gurubhyaha Shankaram Shankaracharyam Keshwam Badarayanam Sutrabhashya Gritao Vande Bhagavantao Punapunaha Ishwaro Guru Ratmeti Muti Veda Vivagine ಯೋವತ್ಯಾಪ್ತೇಹಾಯಕ್ಷಣಾಮೂರ್ತೇನೋಮ್ರಂಕರ್ಣೇಭ್ಯಶೃಣುಯಾಮೇವಾ ಸ್ತೀನಸ್ಪೂಷಾವಿಶ್ವೇದಾಸ್ತೀನಸ್ತಾರ್ಚೋಷ್ಟನೇಮಿಸ್ತೀನೋ ಬೃಹಸ್
ग्राह्यम अलक्षण अचिंत्यम अव्यपतेशम एकात्म प्रत्ययसारम प्रपंचोपशम शांत शिव अद्वैत चतुर्थम मनयंते सोयमात्मा अद्यक्षर ओंकार अतिमात्र पादात्राश्च पाद अकार उकार मकार जागरितस्थानो वैश्वानर अकार प्रथम पाद मे आप्तिवाप्नोति वै सर्वान्दिस्वेद स्वप्नस्थन तैजस उकारो द्वितीयात्रा उत्कर्षा उभयत्वाकर्षति वै ज्ञान सतति सामनश्च्रह्मकुले भवेद सुषुप्तस्थन प्राज्ञ मकार तृतीयात्रातेरपीतेर्वा मिनोति वै यद सर्वतिद chapter first chapter of agava prakrit so we have seen that the usage of akara ukara makara forming the omkara is representation of our three states of jagrat swapna sushupti it is not only our jagrat swapna sushupti it is as is the microcosm so is the macrocosm it is also representing the macrocosmic level of gross subtle and the dissolution of the gross and subtle that is the vishwa vaishwanara taijasa hiranyagarbha and prajna ishwara so the mantras 9 10 and 11 was basically talking about upasana based on where the phalashruti is was also given or the the benefit of doing that upasana was given nastya brahma vit kule bhavati nobody in a, there will not be anybody born without brahma jnana in his kula or in his lineage these type of enticing words were there in the mantra itself now having given the akara ukara makara how the meditation has to be done gaudapada is taking us to a slightly a different level in the sense that while the people who were traditionally in the vedic orientation were looking for always sakama means with result as a every activity he is also bringing in an aspect of nishkama aspect for the upasana where the activity of upasana can be for self realization it need not be that you become your desires are fulfilled when you concentrate on akara or your lineage will not have a man who is not interested in knowing brahma like these type of sakama means with with the desired results of the activity he is also bringing the nishkama bhava how does it happen is that so having completed the how the upasana has to be done or how the meditation has to be done when the gross is experienced 
it doesn't remain as gross it moves into subtle in the form of memory so each one of us have a gross experience which is replaced by its own memory which is a subtle experience and that is the reason where which is also produces the dream or you know imagination or based on which we are either living in the past or in the future because both past and future are not gross tangible in the current moment indriya pratyaksham or immediate directly perceivable by the sense organs so both past and the future are part of the subtle world of experiences so in a day we we in a in a living condition when we look at it how much are we into our gross living if you analyze it we will see that it is very very little even while ex experiencing a gross object majority of the experience is correlated with the subtle memory of the gross object of the world but we don't realize it for example if we are seeing a flower or an animal or any any experience for that matter we always have a reference point from the past of our experience the knowledge base and that is where we refer to that and you know build our own world of imaginations this is good this is bad this is how it should be this is how it should not be all those things the futuristic way of looking at or defining the gross experiences are based on this subtle world so majority of the time our life is in the subtle world we may disagree saying that you know the majority of my time goes in the day time yes you are right we will say our time is spent in the day time but in the day time if you really analyze your our own experiences the direct consumption of the gross world without the subtleness never happen only when a new object or a new experience comes that is what is the gross in that sphere whereas when we are saying we are right now also when we are hearing words from my mouth your words your mind will be working on the analyzing of the word with the already existing knowledge in your mind whether verification or absorption of it it is all depends upon the subtle world of experiences so when we the upanishad says that the meditation should be that the gross merges into subtle the akara is becoming the ukara is from the point of view of experience also that we are moving from gross to subtle all the time of our experiences and when these are all consumed we go to the state of deep sleep or non apprehension this non apprehension we think it is happening only in the deep sleep but unfortunately it is not so this non apprehension is a majority of the activity even in the waking and the subtle world because of which we don't have memory or the reliving of the experiences of our entire life 
we only partially remember only very little of it so knowingly or unknowingly this meditation is happening in every one of us but we are not putting any effort to analyze it or to to make a understanding of how this things are happening these things are happening so if godapada has said esha devasya swabhavah it is this what he is referring to this nature of awareness to go from the gross to subtle to the absence of it whether it happens in the waking or dream or in deep sleep this is a perpetual situation which is happening with every one of us but we are so deluded or confused our with our experiences what we think is we are thinking that we are living most of the time in the gross world unfortunately that is not so majority of our experience is subtle gross is very little and both the gross and the subtle is lost when we do not have any recall or memory of it it is as good as when we lost everything in our deep sleep also this sort of a happening which is happening is not by our wish we it is not volitional that these things are happening therefore it is the nature of awareness that these things are happening and therefore it is the nature of awareness to project cross to project subtleness and to withdraw it to into itself if this is happening the ownership of doing that is not in the hands of the individual it is in the hands of the gross macrocosmic level it is happening what gross objects we had in the childhood is no more available to us what subtle experiences we had in our childhood till date we don't remember many of them we don't have even memory of some of them in the perfect sense that we may faintly recall them who is doing all those things that is the third one makara which is in the form of form of the potency to go into gross and the subtle in the bijavastha of the deep sleep or in the macrocosmic level it is the ishwara which is the controller of these things esha sarvatnyah he knows everything esha sarvavit esheshwara ap pralayapyah he is the one who creates and dissolves dissolves so if you remember the the sixth seventh mantra no sixth mantra where it is very clearly said that this is the nature of ishwara to project and take it into himself so if you if you are able to recollect that these type of meditation when we do it on the akara ukara makara it will become very very clear that it is that ishwara which is taking control of us in our deep sleep we have no knowledge of our individuality we have no condition or knowledge no no ego even to say i am there so 
Sarvasya Prabhava Pyayohi Bhutana. All creation, not only you, me and everything, the entire world of creation is being projected and withdrawn by that aspect Ishwaraha, which is the, the macrocosmic level of equal to the deep sleep. Now, having understood all the all that three things, now Gaudapada is taking in the 22nd Karika, Trishudamasu Yatulyam Samanyam Veti Nishitaha. Sapujaha Sarva Bhutanam Vandyahascha Eva Mahamunihi. Now he is declaring such a person who knows these aspects, he is a Mahamuni. And he should be respected and adorable to Sarvabhutana for the, all the creation because he knows the reality of what is the creation and the dissolution. He knows that what is happening in each of these three Trishudamasu. In the Trishudamasu means all the three states of our awareness, the gross turtle and the Sushupti. Tulyam Samanyam Veti. He knows that there is something which is tulyam means equal or evenly divide, evenly spread in all the three states of experiences. The one who knows that he is the puja or he is to be the respected one. And by the Sarva Bhutana Mandyaha, he is also becomes revered and adorable by all the things and he is called a Mahamuni. Mahamuni means he Mananad Muni, one who knows it by through his contemplation, the reality of the creation, he becomes a Mahamuni. But he goes back to the Akara Ukara Makara to bring in the Nishkama aspect of the Upasana again. Akaro nayate vishyam upara chapi taijasam makarascha punapratnyam namatre vidyate giti. Akaro nayate vishyam. The alphabet A, one who meditates on that, he takes his cognition or awareness from his individuality to the virat rupa. To the from the microcosm, such a person transcends himself into the macrocosmic level, knowing that what I experience in the gross is the gross of everything. So therefore, no more limitation of I, the limited individual. There, he feels that he is the he is the one who is also present in the gross of everything. Ukara, the lector who uh, standing for Taijasa, the dreamer or the, the experiencer of the subtle world. The subtleness which I am experiencing is not limited to my subtleness. The ex all those experiences which I went is no more with me. But who is the controller and holder of all those subtle things within me? It is no more the microcosmic level which is this controlling and the, the, the receptacle or the repository of the subtle things are happening. There is a macrocosmic entity 
which is the repository for all subtle things and he is a hiranyagarbha so there is no difference between me as a taijasa who is experiencing the subtleness and the macrocosmic subtleness of the hiranyagarbha because i am the same thing which is in the the ground microcosmic and macrocosmic there is no difference between the two and he comes to the deep sleep where you know the one who creates and dissolutes the whole experiences of gross and subtle even when i am in deep sleep i don't know where who i am definitely the whole world cannot be contained in my limited body or my limited individuality but when i wake up both the gross and the subtle world is projected from me so i cannot be the limited individual who is at that state when that i knew even even my own individuality got dissolved into it no more ego of mine no more experiences which i can say my experience so he has to be the ishwara who can project the gross and subtle world so whether i am a sushupta in the form of pratnya or whether i am called the ishwara as in the macrocosmic level there is no difference between these two therefore what happens the the supporting the substratum where these things the gross subtle and these things are coming up and going there is a subtle the substratum where it, which is happening and that is called the amatra amatra means where there is no a no u no ma but it is the profound silence the deafening silence i would call it as because no word can disturb that silence it is beyond the words that deafening silence of the gap between one om and another om is exactly what is the substratum in from which the whole world of creation not only mind the macrocosmic level also coming up whether it is gross subtle or the sushupti or ishwara from where it is coming whereas the substratum the deafening silence of non verbal akara ukara makara or the intangible awareness because there is no specific aspect with which i can pinpoint it is this it is the substratum for both subtle gross and the whole thing so how can there be a movement between one spot to another spot in that state therefore amatra there is no gati or movement or no travel for that in the case when it is in the in the amatra in that state of matra mean measure so immeasurable or infinite in that infinite state there is where can the infinite travel how where where, where it is not so that it can go there no where it can go there is no gati having completed this aspect of amatra gaudapada is allowing the 12th mantra to be uttered and this is the final mantra which is the samambhumo of this 
ഉപനിഷത്ത് അമാത്ര ചതുർത്ഥർത്ഥ വേർഡ് ദർ ഇസ് നോ മാത്ര ഈസ് അമാത്ര ഓർ അനന്ത മാത്ര ബോത്ത് വേർഡ്സ് യു ക്യാൻ യൂസ് ഇറ്റ് ഇൻഫിനിറ്റ് മെഷേർഡ് ഓർ വേർഡ് ദർ ഇസ് നോ മെഷർ ബോത്ത് വേ ഇറ്റ് ഈസ് ദ ഫോർത്ത് വൺ ഇറ്റ് ഈസ് അവ്യവഹാര്യ നോ വേ ക്യാൻ വി ക്യാൻ ട്രാൻസാക്ട് ഓർ കൺഫൈൻ ഇറ്റ് ഓർ ഡിഫൈൻ ഇറ്റ് ഓർ bring it into the transactional level all transaction and measures and definitions and adjectives and conditions can happen only when there is a world of experiences this world of experience is called prapancha and when the prapancha upashama means the dissolution of the prapancha happens this non transactable immeasurable infinite which is the fourth becomes shiva means silent that profound silence or deafening silence where there is nothing else you can hear there is no sound to be heard but it, it is not an absence of sound it is the substratum for all the sound and that is only one which there is no equivalent to that for anything else therefore it is advaita and that is evamonkara in that that onkara utterance this silence is the support for even for the onkara to come up once who knows that this onkara is coming out of my own original being or my own reality which is neither conditioned by the micro nor the conditioned by the macro level ishara or the the total everything in that the totality of awareness atma eva samvishati he enters into his real nature one who knows this way the onkara and his experiences are not two things even though we may use the word akara ukara makara for explaining that the experiences which is represented by akara the experiences which is represented by ukara the absence of both in the makara all are happening in the awareness which is my nature that is atma atma eva samvishati he becomes or he enters into his nature of atma which is that silence or the amatra shiva advaita onkara then the last is the panchalaya atmana atmana yam evam veda only atma can know atma please know this for sure not by any of your intellectual jugglery no way of your separatedness can touch that only when you when you go deep become the water becoming water or the space becoming a space or the silence becoming the silence that is the only way you can you can be in atma you cannot know 
ப்ளீஸ் அண்டர்ஸ்டாண்ட் தட் ய ஏவம் வேதா ஆத்மனா ஆத்மானம் தட் இஸ் ஹவு த எண்ட் பிளஞ்ச் இன் டு ஆத்மா டேக்ஸ் பிளேஸ் வென் தீஸ் ஈஸ் அண்டர்ஸ்டூட் ப்ராப்பர்லி திஸ் இஸ் த ட்வெல்த் மந்த்ரா அண்ட் தெர் இஸ் தெர் ஆர் ஃபோர் மோர் காரிகா பை கௌடபாதா டு எக்ஸ்பிளைன் திஸ் ஓங்காரம் ஆபிஷ்டிங்ஸ் but beyond the world of god beyond the measures amatra one which is that for that for all the four are transacted beyond and when there is no doubt about any of those things he should not do anything further there is no action to be done no manana no nididhyasana no shravana nothing is there that deafening silence is your real nature you are not there in the silence nor the world is there in the silence but the silence is not the absence of sound it is the fullness purnamada purnamidam that fullness in which there is nothing else so how can you hear how can anything disturb that peace shivam advaitam that is the state where it is you are into it please make sure that don't bring your intellect or analytical mind to disturb that see am i experiencing it or not that you cannot you can only be in it and when you are in it don't bring that is it my experience no you are disturbing it na vichalaye ஓங்காரேதாஷன்ஸ்ஸ்ஸ்ஸ்ஸ்ஸ்ஸ்ஸ்ஸ்ஸ்ஸ்ஸ்ஸ்ஸ்ஸ்ஸ்ஸ்
in the abidance of that nitya yukta pranava and that omkara with all the four quarters which is mentioned he sees that the silence even when he is in nakara he sees that he is in that silence when he is uttering ukara he is in that silence when he is in makara also he is all the time that silence same way in all our experiences of the gross and subtle and the deep sleep we are the undiminishing awareness which is aware of these changes so one who is nitya yukta one who is bonded to this reality of existence awareness of his own either in the form of pranava or in the form of brahma nabayam vidyate kochit there is no way he can get limited or fearful of anything else other than that his own experiences pranavahi aparam brahma pranavahta param vasmrataha apurvam anantar apurvah anantarah abahya anapara pranava abhyaya now he is trying to bring some sort of words for the intellect to become stunned the intellect should stop working the mind should stop functioning because if the mind has a clutch on something it will keep challenging or ideation and one wondering things about it so the gaudapada says pranavahi aparam brahma aparam means other than that other aparam param means other there is aparam means there is no difference between the pranava and brahma therefore pranavahi aparam brahma the brahma which is being told in the first two mantras of the upanishad soyamatma ayamatma brahma so that am brahma is pranava he is indeed this pranava this pranava cha param smrta it is this omkara param smrta is the ultimate param means ultimate which the mind smrta means with the memory or with the with the cognition or the imagination that is the ultimate with up to which you can go it is only through pranava and then you have to drop even pranava to go to the amatra where there is not even the akara ukara makara and how is it apurva anantara it has no purva means no beginning or causation anantara it is not a effect nor there is something to follow after that that means it is there is no beginning no end to it abahya anaparah you there is no container which can hold it to say it is outside that or it is inside that because everything is that so all the gross subtle all type of experiences which we thought is independently operating is nowhere separate from it it is inside that like a bubble or a drop of water moving inside an ocean 
how can it feel that there is an antaram bahim if there is inside and outside that it is only foolishly to think that the drop of water moving inside an ocean has inside and outside abahya anapara pranava avyaya this pranava this omkara is avyaya is never decaying because it has no beginning it has no end so where can there be a decay there is no vriddhi no chaya neither there is a growth for it where will it grow when it is all how can it decay because to where will it decay it where will it get destroyed so apurva anantara abahya anapara pranavahi avyaya so sarvasya pranavahi adi madhyam antam tada evacha evam hi pranavam jnatva vyasnute tat anantaram this pranava sarvasya adi it is the beginning of everything madhyam antacha tadacha it is the middle and the end so what is there in the beginning what is there in the middle what is there in the end there is no where it is not there so it is sarvatra so you so locationally also you cannot mention measure it where it is because akara ukara makara if you are looking at it it is all coming from that pranava which is got both four matras and the fourth matra is amatra which is ananda matra and without a measure amatra and in that the akara ukara makara is appearing so therefore it is adi madhyam antam it is the beginning the middle the end the prana evam pranavaham hi nyatva one who certainly knows the at, the atma his own atma or his own in the brahma as a pranavam nyatva he has nothing more to be attained after that tad anandaram asvyasnute there is nothing more he can attain that he he there that, that, that instantaneous becoming everything sarvam apnoti sarvashah is the word used in the chandogya upanishad he pervades everything at all the time everything is in him so therefore he pervades everything and there is no birth or decay decay or growth or decay or nothing of the avyaya therefore sarvashah all the time this is how the chandogya upanishad defines about it so pranavam hi ishwaram vidyat sarvasya hridaye sthitam sarva sarva vyapinam omkaram matva dhirona shojati pranavam hi ishwaram vidyat means standard this pranava this omkara is ishwara ishwara here is not representing the macrocosm of the deep sleeper here he is talking about the brahma or the atma or sarveshwara 
बिकॉज सर्वस्य हृदय स्थित इट इज इन दार्ट ऑफ एवरी वन युअर हार्ट इज नॉट द फिजिकल हार्ट द हार्ट इज एवरी थिंग फॉर एवरी वन सो एवरी एवरी क्रिएशन ही इज द वन ही इज द सेंटर ऑफ क्रिएशन ऑफ ऑल द थिंग्स he is also in the center of all that created so at the same time he is all that created and he is the center of creation and everything is centered in him so how can words describe such a situation sarva vyapina omkaram this all pervading omkara one who knows that that is the reality Matwa means having understood that. Diro na shochadi, dimantaha, diraha means dimantaha. One who has firm conviction about his own true nature, the reality of everything. Sarva vyapinam onkaram, sarva sekhrudiyestitam. Pranava hi Ishwaram, and I am that Pranava. I am Atma. atmana atmanam knowing that in being in that there is nothing you can be scared of or to be sorrowful about or even worry about there is nothing to be considered other than you so what is there to be worried about what is there to be cried about so there is no way one who knows this he will have sorrow and in the in the last karika godapada says amatra ananta matra cha dvaitasya upashama shivah omkara pititah yena sa munir itara janah अमात्र अनंतामात्र दिस ओंकारा विदाउट मात्रा विदाउट मेशर एंड अनंतामात्रा इज इन्फिनिट इन मेशर देर इज नो मेशर बट एट द सेम टाइम इट इज इन्फिनिट इन मेशर वन हू नोज दिस फॉर हिम द्वैत से उपशमा द डुआलिटी इज नो मोर possible sir and that shiva the pure silence that deafening silence or the profound silence is represented by the omkara one who knows yena vititah sa munir itare jana he is considered as the muni or the man of knowledge or the ultimate person who has realized the, the truth by all the idrejana by all the other people consider him to be the one who is not any other person who talks in different ways about it very clearly gaudapada says that if you are talking about different aspects of it he has not understood there is no way there can be a separate difference advaitam paramarthata the only truth is advaita so therefore you have to understand it in its totality in exactly the way in which it is being written in the 
12th mantra and subsequently with with this gaudapata completes his first chapter and agama pragarana is complete technically speaking the upanishad is over and the explanation by gaudapata karika gaudapata in through his karika and shankara's bhashyam everything as per the upanishad is complete but three there are three more chapters for those who have not been able to grasp understand these aspects of the subtleness there are methods in which what is the vaidatya pragrana the next pragrana is about the delusion how did it happen how, how am i still having these experiences why am i still getting into all this jagrasvapna shruti why is it where is it happening all those aspects are discussed in the vaidatya pragrana which is called vaidatya means maya or illusion and the next after that is the advaita pragrana where the non duality aspect is explained and the last chapter which some people consider as an addendum is bringing in example of the buddhist literature where they have talking this silence as shunyata and refuting that this is not shunyata because shunyata or the absence of sound is not equal to the amatra it is not the absence of sound nor the absence of utterance it is one thing which we have to understand that this is not a shunyata or a negation of akara ukara experiences it is the inclusion of the experiences into one's own understanding and reality that all those experiences are not separate from me i am those experiences and when i am seeing my own experiences that separate from me i am getting deluded like seeing the snake separate from the rope we get deluded same way the world is seeing separate from me i get deluded by the world the knowing this reality through the omkara upasana given in this last part of it one who can transcend the measures and to the infinite measure of one's own reality atmana atmanam vidye one who knows the atma by becoming atma namatva dhiro na shojati the one, one who knows this has no more sorrow with that i end this first chapter om purnamada purnamidam purnat purnamudachyate purnasya पूर्णमादाय पूर्णमेवावशिष्यते ओम शांति 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 हरि ओम श्री गुरुभ्यो नमः हरि ओम थैंक यू धन्यवाद थैंक यू बिंदो जी फॉर द सेशन एंड स्पेशली Uh, the way you explain it to you you know it removes all the doubt if at all there is when you say that knowing that or being that and with all like the explanation behind it strengthens our belief in whatever we have heard or experience or thought 
with uh, your vani and with your authority so once again dhanyavad and naman to you and your gurus and your uh, your zest and your interest in explaining this to a lot of people dhanyavad thank you raj thank you bindu ji that was uh, extremely beautiful and uh, you told us what the end stage is looks like and uh, uh, it was i cannot i cannot say more words but thank you so much and need to revisit this two three times to understand what is this thank you so much thank you this one I think we need to store this uh, recording maybe I want to download it if possible keep it um, this is the most profound portion of the Upanishad where it is uh, explained uh, I think Binduji, you you stun the intellect that's all you did only master can stun the intellect um, our intellect need to figure out where the known ends and keep quiet so i think you just turn the intellect the pl- taking a plunge into the silence uh, just that's it uh, i think you just uh, you know possibly nailed the whole thing you know the massive you know way you put it today um, thank you i think this is uh, something that i want to go over at least a couple more times just that you know knock off anything else left here Thank you so much. Thank you, Ankit. Yeah, I would now invite everyone to come up on the stage if they have any questions or regarding any discussions uh, for the mantras we have visited. And the stage is yours. Please come up. Bindo, the um, the question that I want to ask you is. Um, is about the notion that om is a superimposition what can you say about the idea that om is a concept that is used as a as a tool like a murti like a the stone is seen as shiva how far off is that idea See, even though the words akara ukara makara is being used for the word om the intent of the upanishad as well as the explanations given by gaudapada and shankara is not comparing Omkara as a Murti Upasana or something similar to an idol worship. Here is a methodology to bring in just three alphabets, which by itself, itself has no meaning. 
but if you bring shiva or vishnu or the murti or any any form of the uh, worship there is limitation for that either by the stories built upon that murti or the way in which we have picturized that that ishta devata or the god who is represented by that it is a baby step i would say but when it comes to mere alphabets to encompass the entire gross subtle and experiences like that ordinary intellects cannot delve deep into that to pictureize it that is the very reason why those says being there you cannot pictureize it you have to find the the philosophy behind using those alphabets which is required to go go beyond any notion or ideation but the mind can bring it when akara stands for the gross experience in which way even if i say that with the, all the names and forms are beginning with the akara adimatvad there is a word used in that karika that is the first alphabet in the any language is a that is all just an explanation to bring the attention of the listener to the initial stages but does really mean a means that every sound every every name is included in it no because those without the name also have to be considered in the gross experiences so akara here stands for that which can be a world of experiences through your sensations whether you have a name for it or not name for it is immaterial it is immediate experience through the sense organ the ukara standing for the subtleness of it where you cannot physically it is not tangible not tasteable or anything that way anyway we cannot do that but it remains as an idea in the mind or a memory or a subtle impression in our mind can a word u represent that technically speaking it cannot but when it is when the upanishad says it is representational for that we are going beyond that alphabet u to a representational field of subtle experiences that representational field of subtle experiences whether it has an alphabet u for it or not becomes irrelevant when you transcend that those experiences so no way we should consider this as a murti upasana or an idol worship or a worship of a word like you know mantras are given you know om namo narayanaya or om namah shivaya or some these things have got limitations but as there is when it comes to omkara 
how can it be a limitation you cannot limit the omkara with any of the known things which you can bring in this is the way one should see the omkara as not as a representational alphabet yeah like there's so much in it that that that's a clear answer so thank you the 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 language is is needed obviously um the there's the 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 story that's told you know that the septarishis heard the sound om but that's that's like almost a fairy tale it seems do you agree absolutely yeah See, this is where we we are, we are, there are two ways of studying a philosophical text like upanishads don't compare and go in the line of how you read purana or mythologies those stories are built for people who have no potency or capacity to intellectually dive into the metaphysical world of experiences they need anchor so for their purpose if this is being told the saptarshis have been uh, have realized that or they have that the vision of the om and all is for you know like the kindergarten children being told that the moon is an uncle sitting in the sky we will not go into that line patrick that is something totally different don't even bring those mythological aspects into upanishadic studies was what would you gaudapada started out or even shankara let's use shankara would you characterize shankara as a hindu yes shankara was a hindu he was following hindu philosophy he had his own uh, you know pet ideas and everything so that doesn't stand in his understanding of the reality because we are not looking the individuals and their performance you don't judge a food just by the you know the conditions under which it is being served whether it is served in a silver plate or plate or whether it's a ceramic plate doesn't make make the change of the content of the the food different in taste but those who are going at looking at the peripheral value for them the packaging the description or uh, you know the location all those things may matter but for a person who is hungry even if it is served in his hand he his hunger will be quenched the approach to philosophy is when you do not know when we do not know or when nobody is capable of even delving deep into our, our own reality the only thing which can do that is upanishad who delivered it when he delivered it how he delivered it has no meaning to it but what is the 
philosophy with which will help me to understand my own nature is more important whether it is shankara gaudapada vidyaranya bhaskara madhva or anybody for that matter has no no limitation for my understanding that so these are all you know people who want to get waylaid due to you know hinduism and all those type of you know distractions for understanding the reality they are not interested in knowing the reality for a simple reason they are more interested in making bringing the you know cultural divide or you know the painting of individuals with their different brushes and all those things at least i will not walk through that place there's so much in in hindu dharma or at least just in in hinduism that is form and this gaudapada is this is the most radical of of ideas here this is of all of the ideas that i can imagine and all of anything that i've ever read or experienced this is the most radical it's a complete departure from everything that we've been taught and everything that we've known um do you i mean obviously as a as an advaita you you look at things differently than than others but would you say like the gita and all the other upanishads are are treaties in in advaita do, do you see do you see for example the gita as principally as a text in non-dualism and they sneak in all of the other information the form and the ideas and the notions um to help lighter minds grasp it patrick one thing let me tell you a person who has seen that there is no more snake the reality is rope he can never see snake ever such a person who has understood the advaita in the upanishad he will see only advaita in all the all the books whether it is bhagavad gita dadar upanishad or even even bhagavata ramayana or purana even in that he can only see the advaita in it he will say that advaita is made into a cocktail with the stories for people of you know that intellectual level who can understand that but he sees through that everything the advaita only such a person you will see even advaita even in the words of jesus or words of in the quran or anywhere he can see that no religion nothing is a binding factor because there is nothing different when you see everything is the same how can then you know the apparent diversities in our experiences bring down your experience of that that stretcher it's when i see uh hanuman uh i don't just see ram but i don't see anything all i see is is the oneness the ganapati now the there's all i see is the formless behind ganapati it's there's there are there are amazing tools but 
I don't want to say idols, but but they. I guess that's maybe the divinity in them because they help you see behind the form and through the form. But it's just a it's a masterful text, masterful. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That's why they say Mantukya is only the the only Upanishad that is need to be studied. Will we go through the rest of the Karakas, or should we? Uh, are we? Are we going to uh, just sit with this for now, or are we going to continue with the rest of the Karakas? We will do the rest of the Karakas because those who uh, need clarity, we need to explain that in those. Karikas which are because it, it, I, the thing is that one will have to come down to take along with others who are not understood what we have been talking till now. In the sense that there may be still doubt because as I told you earlier, the three impediments in our understanding is Atnana Samshaya Viparya. This Atnana means not knowing the reality. That not knowing the reality means what is there something called reality at all? That is that Atmyana. Samshaya is doubt whether these things were this are all are, are they this just you know mind game or typical uh, you know bombastic words or you know self contradicting words which are being used which has no relevance or meaning that is called Samshaya. Vipardhyaya is people will think about something else. Whether the Shiva word is used for the Shiva who is the Murti Rupa or the like that, you know, those are all the type of impediments which can come. We need to clarify and clear the mind of such people who bring into such doubts into this into their understanding. For their better understanding, we need to go through those karigas. But the one who has really understood till now what has been conveyed in this Upanishad till now. The karikas will not do any additional value to it, but it will be helpful for them for mananam and uh, revising that understanding. Uh, Binduji, can you explain the karika number 2024? One who knows Omkara in terms of the quarters of the Atma, the four quarters are the four letters. There is no doubt. Having known Omkara in terms of the four quarters, one mm. should not think of anything else. So my question is, why the fourth quarter is included in saying that the one uh, Omkara has to be known in the fourth quarter? Isn't the Omkara itself is the fourth quarter? Toya Matma Chatushpat is the second mantra of the Upanishad. This Atma is the four-quartered one. The word used there is Tatushpat. Pada means four. Pada, Matracha, Matracha, Pada. The measure is the quarter and the quarter itself is the measure. When it is being told that is that there is Ananyatum or there is no way in you should make a differentiation between the measure and the quarter when it is being told. When Shankara explains it in the beginning, it is not like the four leg of an animal, but it is like a four quarters of a coin. Which quarter makes the coin full? You cannot say, no. The whole four quarters put together is the coin. Same way, 
the akara ukara makara and the following amatra which is the silence unless the silence is these three cannot have an independent existence but in the silence is the three is existing therefore you including that you the that the only way we can explain that is the four four measures akara is one measure ukara is another measure makara is one measure and the amatra is the fourth measure so all the four put together is omkara okay okay so omkara has to be uh, seen in the, in the four quarters yeah this is exactly when i said that you know let us not get hung up with the akara ukara makara they are all symbolical representation of our own experience whether we are chanting akara ukara makara and the om and then silence this is good for meditation in the initial stages but what are you going to do during that meditation is not concentrating on the alphabet akara ukara and makara you are going to concentrate on how the gross has become the subtle and the subtle has become non cognizable amatra or this thing and the silence in which these words are merging similar to that that turiya in which all the three experiences are happening like the three waves one a subtle wave one a gross wave and another wave is the that the the dip in the wave which goes into the ocean like that you know you should be able to transcend yourself be through the experiences analysis rather than hanging on the akara ukara makara as a symbolic representation for meditation don't this thing use the, the analogy transfer them to your own experiences and go beyond the experiences where the substratum of awareness is the reality so binoji uh, so are you saying there is no inherent sacredness uh, for the om like i can say like x y z and silence also are you, are you saying that if any anything see you can say but x y z will you give a will you get a explanatory but like the upanishad is using that because of a specific purpose you can you can use xyz you don't have to even use xyz straight away if you can think about the silence beyond the words you don't have to even use xyz but why did the akara ukara makara is used to explain that akara stands for all the names and forms ukara is the subtle aspects of the same grossness which is being experienced in the subtle can you get a similar meaning when you say x and y uh, i mean because at the end of the day akara ukara makara just vibrations sound vibrations right like instead of akara i will say x ukara i will say y. that's what i said don't get stuck by the alphabets they are representational but if you want to think if you can do it by x y z go ahead and do it can you can can you you can use x for the gross y for the subtle z for the absence of these three but in the case of akara ukara makara there is a dissolution a becoming o whereas in the case of x becoming y you cannot bring a dissolution of x when did it become y 
because akara when it becomes okara it becomes okara which is a transition between r to o to become o and the o ends with a makara because when it becomes a silence now there is a transition of the sound waves in it but using that as an analogy what it indicates is how the our own gross experience has become a memory to become a subtle experience and when we do not have both the subtle and the gross experience it is become an experience of no no gross and subtle it can be either the absence of the memory absence of our experiences of what we have forgotten or it can be the state of state of the deep sleep where we forget all the experiences which are which are there because when we are being specific we may say that some experiences we don't remember but there is a state in our experience that even the experience of i or the individual ego is individuality is also forgotten that sort of an experience whether if you can get with any other syllable go ahead i mean it can be done i am not denying that it can it should not be done but whether, whether the, there is no sanctity if you look at the if it is alphabet a u r u and ma specific to the analogy which is being used for the experiences so it's up to you rahul yeah th thanks understood so like there is like another question like small one like um uh, what was the reason for deviating from the shuddha advaiti concept where they where they say like you know everything is consciousness itself why 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 what is the reason for deviating from that and going to kevala advaita where saying you know world is an illusion i mean what was the reason for that no i didn't get your question i, I think there is a shuddha advaita concept which is the entire universe is consciousness itself uh but but what is the reason for deviating from that and saying the world is uh, an illusion I mean, what, what was it? why can't we just stick to that that world is consciousness and instead uh, making this argument it is for those who consider the world is real to them take them away from the reality or that the holding on to the reality of the world to the conscious level they should first feel that it is unreal then only they will leave that you know adherence to the apparent reality to bring to the movement towards the consciousness straight away if you say consciousness people will not be able to fathom that for them in fact you yourself for example were so much arguing with me the other day about car coming and hitting you as a reality don't you remember that uh, my question was uh, okay, you asked, maybe yeah you asked me that question do you say that okay. it is not real the car coming and hitting me right so when at that level when it is there the p holding on to the reality of the world can be left only if it is brought the reality of what you are holding on to is not really real it is a illusion from the point of the ultimate 
but from the transactional point view it is there there is a reality so you have to bring from them level to level to understand to the consciousness so shuddha dvaita and this illusion is only from that point of view you are bringing them gradually to this okay so so what godapad acharya is saying is shuddha dvaita or kevala dvaita what is the advaitam paramarthada there is only one advaita for him there is no shuddha dvaita kevala dvaita difference is there and for him the paramartha advaita is only one okay because i always had this, this um, sorry for repeating the question it's like uh, when we say like everything is like the, the you know the, the water and wave example okay consciousness is the water and everything is a wave uh, that was fine but then after that we are bringing this snake rope and saying snake is not this snake will disappear that kind of can confusing me so that's why i am asking that yeah, in, in in all those things you should understand one thing any example has a shortfall even examples of consciousness for atma and awareness is not exactly what it is but that is the closest we can use it there is a famous saying in the in the sanskrit literature the fight between rama and ravana is like the fight between rama and ravana means there is no example for it so udaharanam or the example can never be the exemplified example will have always a shortcoming but it may come closer to the exemplified and lead you to cross over to the exemplified raj you were asking something uh, yeah thank you bindu ji just a small clarification i wanted that uh, uh, do uh godpada or shankara uh, do they recommend om chanting if you are referring to mantukya upanishad uh the karika and bhashya karika and bhashya yes they are referring to this onka chant not as a chanting they are talking about as upasana upasana is not chanting japa is different from upasana So that would be meditating upon home yes shravana manana nididhyasana is more of the the advaitic upasana whereas the dvaitic upasana will be more on the chanting and the murti aradhana etc thank you sir uh, yes thank you greetings um you said earlier um then do earlier about using um the practices like anchors and i i never was really exposed to these concepts and i through just like maybe like heart i want to say heartbreak which turned me inward to be prayerful and become a seeker i started i was able to come upon these 
what I believe are some similar to what you're teaching, but you, you said that they're anchors and there was a point in my, in my seeking that I, the best way that I can explain it from hearing you is that I use my own reality to anchor me. So meaning like my love for my family, my community, my own like experience that was right in front of me, um, became, is like is like my anchor but at the same time it's the way that i unify the opposites and duality so it's like but when i tried to do it without community and and like leaving my life and being in solitude i felt like i was just like like the best way to i would describe it is without anchor like i I could see the oneness and I would be in nature in front of the ocean and I could feel the, I was like all these, like, like in my chakras, all the whole thing. And I just was like, everything is unified. It's all one. I get that. But I felt like I didn't have a like roots. Um, and I felt like the next part of my stage was my calling was to go back home. My spirit told me, you know, now you know that this is what it is. It's all love is the best way I can say it. And my spirit said, now I need you to go home and live it in your life. <laughs> and I was like, are you serious? <laughs> I'm supposed to take this reality, this knowingness within me and go and just go back to my life and remember it while I am just being like a householder or going to work or you know, as they say, chopping wood. And so that's been the next challenge for me. But I feel like my life is my anchor more than anything else. And I was wondering if you could speak to that, because you said that there's like no division and there's multitudes of ways to come to this knowing, but you use the word anchor. So why is it important to have anchors? If, if um, I'm being clear. See, the, normally the anchors are used so that the mind doesn't waver or go in wandering mode because that is the tendency of the mind to do that. We, are, we can focus our mind for a short time and on a certain aspect of it. For example, there is a uh, mantra in the Kena Upanishad which says that which means every moment of our experience, what is really there is only the awareness. And is it is the awareness which is functioning both as the subject and the object and the relationship between the subject and the object. But those who do not see the unity of the subject, object, and the experience as a unified awareness or a consciousness in action, they will be deluded by the separation between the subject and the object and the act of knowing or the subject and the subject knowing the object or being aware or perceiving the object. This, when it is being constantly practiced in keeping the anchor as awareness, all duality and 
adjectives which we put on the object as likes, dislikes, hatred, love, all those adjectives can be dropped if we look at from the point of view of awareness. If we don't use the anchor, what will happen is that the tendency for the mind to be taken away by the adjectives is more. That is why we say something which we like, something we don't like, this is good, this is bad, this is ugly. All types of adjectives are brought in instead of saying this is what it is, that is how the nature is. It will come this way, we will accept it. It is the form of awareness in the sense it is not philosophically saying that. It is the nature of expression of the universe in the form of nature through awareness like everything is in space and everything needs space to exist but we don't say a, a, a dog coming we'll, we don't say a space is coming no we don't use it we know that a dog is coming is a dog is coming but what happens is that it is a dog and a dog is will be like a dog when we accept it but we know internally that just as I am in space, I need space for my own existence. The dog also needs its own space and it is also using space. And I, both dog and myself, we are in one space. Now replace the space with the awareness. The, the duality or the apparent bifurcation which we think, the adjectives all will become subservient to the predominant awareness in which we are all living. It is nothing but awareness. If, if that is removed, if space is removed, neither you can exist nor the dog can exist nor the space which is connecting the dog and you will also not exist. Same with awareness when it is removed. All experiencer and the experienced cannot exist independently without awareness. So this to know this, you need to train the mind. And this training of the mind is possible only when you have an anchor onto which you can lean upon every time when your mind is going away astray. That is why the anchor is more important in the practice. Initially, it is more dependent on the anchor. As and when you practice, you can be less dependent upon the anchor. Like, you know, the, the, the infants learning to walk. It may use, use a walker in the initial stages for walking. After when he learns to walk himself, he doesn't need the walker anymore. He will be the one, can become even the greatest sprinter in the world. But he also needed an anchor in the initial stages for walking. From that point of view, the anchor is important. I understand. Thank you. Windows ever, uh, hi, this is audible. Yes. Yeah. Uh, like I had a few discussions in the club when I was having discussions in the club. Also, a point really clicked me up as saying that uh, why does when the when everything is one, why does other state of mind, other person's state of mind, will not be in that particular state of oneness? Is it through ignorance or is it the consciousness which is only telling? Okay, I'm different from that. I am no. I am Shiva, you are Bindu. Or oh, there is Srinivas, there is Patrick. 
Uh, yes. It could be a name or a form, but state of mind is not one. Uh, why does that state of mind don't reach, uh, level up to everyone? For everyone to understand that there is only one there. Uh, the best example I can tell you is that the sunlight is the same, but the effect of sunlight on the, the different objects on the surface of the earth is not the same. Okay. Thank you, that is because the objects have got their own qualities. Same way, each one's mind is made of different material. That is the reason. Thank you. Namaste, Binduji. I have a small question, but before that, I would just like to mention one analogy which is very interesting, really, because this suggests that how important today's session was, the culmination part. Like, for example, if Upanishads is the essence of Vedas, and of all Upanishads, if Mandukya is the most important Upanishad, as it is said, and today's culmination was the essence of that Upanishad itself, the essence, the culmination part. So that how important how I felt today's session was. So coming to the question, Chatushpad, the word that we have used, uh, is four aspects of Atma. Uh, the correctly used word aspect, it is because Atma is immutable. You cannot break it into pieces, but it, probably it can have aspects. So it is connected to Atma. Now, Atma is consciousness and substratum. A lot of time we use words like substratum, oneness for Brahman also. So in context, I know Atman is Brahman, but in context with Brahman, how would you describe Turiya? Just an aspect or just, I'm just curious to know here from you. There is no difference between Brahman and Turiya. Wow, that's what I wanted to hear. Brahman is Turiya. So see how it becomes so simple. Brahman is Turiya, matter ends. Namaste, everyone. Namaste, Bindurji. Beautiful session. Um, I have a question yet of the three states. You said that in meditation you don't have to focus on them because it really is an illusion and it belongs to this reality. But how are you able to see the fourth state if you are not understanding the other three states? In the, when the other three states go, where you will remain is the fourth state. Prapanchopashamam. That means when the multitude ends, where will you land upon? Is what is the fourth state? Then how are you able to become aware of that in the consciousness, to become conscious have, of that. You don't have to be aware of that. It is in that awareness you are aware of yourself now, very moment. And not only you and everything else is in that one moment. But why did those states get mentioned in the Upanishads if there was no importance to them? It is being mentioned, no? Ekatna Pratyasaram, Prapanchopashamam are the two words for it. That oneness, 
that one experience of I in all the experiences. And when everything else is dissolved, till the I is not dissolved. Even the I-ness of the separated individualness is also dissolved. But that stage you cannot even mention the I. Therefore, it is said saram means essence of that I. Because even the I is dissolved. The ego or the individuality is also dissolved. But the essence of it is cannot be dissolved because it is in that into which everything dissolves, including the experiences and the individuality. Because the individuality is also an experience in that world of experiences. Thank you. Can we use actually use the word states of consciousness? Because when you say states, we are actually dividing it. States of mind is acceptable, but can we actually say states of consciousness? No, states of consciousness is not there, but you may use it when it is in relational with experiences. You described it as aspects of consciousness which yeah. uh, were relatable more. Yeah, that is the better way of saying that aspects of the same awareness. But can we describe these three states as Jagrut, Swapna and Shishupti as states of mind because it is in duality? Yeah, it is, it is the states of the mind but it is not the states of awareness. It is aspects of the awareness. But different states experienced through the mind. Because even mind becomes an object for awareness. Yeah, consciousness is immutable, so we cannot divide it. So those who missed the session today, please hear the replay. One of the best, in fact, the concluding and the best session today. I believe this was the concluding, right? Of the first chapter. Okay. And uh, I mean, the last part was like amazing. So I urge everybody from the group listening panel and the speakers panel to go back and hear the replay. Dhanyabad. Yeah, yeah, unfortunately I missed it, but the Samvishati Atmana Atmanam Evam Veda, that is always, that is a very, uh, one of my favorite Upanishad Vakya. So I am looking forward to listening to the replay. Hinduji, this uh, plunge you described wasn't actually, that was, that was like inevitability that, uh, you know, this is like few years back. It's an inevitability. Just, just happened. It is not that you want to do it. It just happened. You, you know that was like bang on when you said it. Is that what happened to you? You know, sort of. When, when you know, can you describe your first experience in in this realm? See, when we do the Shravana and Manana Nididhyasana aspect of the various Upanishads and the explanations taught by the Gurus, before that we are never trained to, trained to 
con what you call control our mind or look the mind in a different way and when it happens you, you are not really making an effort to make it happen it 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 is already there but we are not seeing it 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 just happened to be there and uh, it is as, as if there you know anachadanam the word used is by shankara is that that cover drops off which we are now holding on to for the transactional purpose to see through that it is there all the time always sarvam apnoti sarvashanti it is there in everything and all the time that which is getting covered due to our not looking at them the right way yes seeing different things but the moment we start looking at them at the right way it is there even then before also now also it is there all the three times there is a mirage or a rope or a ghost or a post or whatever may be examples we can say that the illusion has no reality and it is the illusion which we are seeing and then when the illusion gets dropped you don't have to see it because you were seeing it even otherwise but you didn't look at it that way that's all pinoji it's interesting uh, that nature of consciousness uh, nowhere in this upanishad you know made any attempt to classify it as saguna or nirguna at all any any thoughts why it's very consciously done you know just that you know to avoid this you know mis you know avoid misleading seeker venka can you just like, repeat yeah. that venka can you just repeat that please yeah the nature of aware awareness you know that that in the in the upasana describing the upasana it end up being in nature of awareness that played out and there is no differentiation done this is saguna and this is nirguna there is no such thing at all there is no attempt to even do this <laughs> there is oh, no just... nirguna <laughs> there's no there's no saguna there's no saguna ah there's no nirguna <laughs> ah so this is you know this is like very unique to this upanishad uh, very unique yeah it is done on a purpose i don't know just this is not done on a purpose because that is the reality so anything ah. else is with a purpose here he has no purpose he tells the truth as it is do you have like the you're a I've heard you laugh many times and and I know you're sensitive but you're a sober person you're an engineer and that's why I laugh now because the the bhajans that he wrote after 
when you completed when you were speaking it was there was like a uh, i can't describe the uh the feelings associated so but i so i want you to bring me back to the sober reality of it and i and i can't really like do you do you feel sometimes that there's there's the feelings that are associated with that reality uh, it's not the ultimate reality and i know it's a local reality but maybe it's the implications of this upanishad and gaudapada's message it, that evokes something and maybe this is just all you know uh gooey uh <laughs> gooeyness but but i can't escape the 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 feelings that came that were associated with today so can you explain that do you have those feelings with that understanding of of reality it, there's something that that's evoked though do you, do you know what i mean bindo i don't know whether i understood you properly but to me when i read these verses this upanishad i'm not talking to any one of you or anybody i am doing an internal soliloquy to myself i'm plunging myself into that experience or plunging to that state where i'm using words my best to explain what one can you know reach using words which cannot describe something but that is the closest you can explain it so it is from more of a introspection the words come so what if i am using some words which is uh, unique or like you know expressing feelings of that it is it is not mine it is of that reality which is using me to utter those words that's all i can say does does the knowledge or the knowing of advaita the reality of not to does that evoke a feeling in you i i don't know because it's a, it's a the feeling has feeling has no place in that thing. i know that's the paradox of it but there's be you yeah. but i can't escape the 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 knowing or the feeling that there was there was something that was evoked in that in that knowing it it is it, it is not a feeling of which can be in the transactional world pathway yeah but at the same time there is that feeling of fullness a yeah. feeling of extreme uh, what do you call in inexplicable state of unity peace and harmony or what in that i i don't know which word to use there unity it, this question um the guru i followed sometime back given answer on this there is the vasti and samasti vasti at an individual level there are vasanas aham vritti idam vritti vasanas are there and there is something called samasti vasana for a guru for a guru it is like samasti vasana it is like an that's that's how he 
you know the nature of him um out of compassion you know teaches that's the answer i had i got when i quizzed him even i had this uh, question when arbindo ji was today uh, reading this uh, endings the end stage uh, where he was describing the plunge and all that part i was thinking then what about uh, that person who is in this end stage uh, what will be his vrittis i mean what will he uh, what will be the reflection going on in his mind if he sees uh, the world i understand now the world doesn't exist for him but there are transactional stages so i think uh, venkat ji you you got you bought this term from our uh, viveka chodamani classes uh, no no no, no 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 that's a akhandavritti that that's that was a, from viveka chodamani it's called khandavritti akhandavritti you can relate it the because we are using this upanishad samashti is you know vaishwanara vishwa vishwa samashti there is uh, i just added a vasana to it the guru is like for guru it is an the the you can the for an outsider it look like a you know individual a seeker listening to the guru guru ishro guru atmedi that gurus vasanas are different they are universal his behavior is universal his compassion is universal his love is universal like that it's a samasti vasana that's what i was trying to put it the transactional world and the reality when they are superimposed you will know that the transaction can happen even with the knowledge of the reality but when the transaction happens without the knowledge of reality is where the individual gets affected by the transaction in the case of the one who sees the the real transaction has no independent reality but is a apparent superimposition on the on the reality he is neither perturbed or he is neither affected by the happenings for him there is no good no bad they are all just expressions of the same reality why why do you want to call it as good or bad when it is the same thank you all